For December 5th, 2022, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 753. Vast Wings of Identity, Blending in Their Unity. Welcome to Overthinking It, your favorite pop culture podcast. Here, we take a deeper dive into the movies, TV shows, music, books, and more that make up our entertainment culture. Our hosts, experienced pop culture experts, will provide insight and analysis on the latest trends and news in the industry so you can stay informed and up-to-date on all the latest happenings. What the hell is this? We'll also have interviews with industry professionals and fans alike to get a better understanding of how pop culture has affected our lives. So grab a snack... Get comfortable and join us as we overthink it. Sounds like the intro to a podcast that would be a lot more popular than the one that we, (laughs) the one that we have. That was, uh, yeah. So, so you guys were, you were on top of this a lot, uh, more me, but apparently new GPT three models just dropped and everyone is talking with them online. So I asked it to write, uh, the prompt, the prompt I gave the, the model was write an intro for a pop culture podcast called overthinking it. Um, you want to know what this week's topic should be? Sure. What yes. should this like, week's we, we, topic we, God forbid we come up with ourselves. Definitely need some uh, technology to interlock you for us. This week on Overthinking It, we'll be discussing the impact of streaming services on the entertainment industry. <laughs> <laughs> Which which truly is every other entertainment podcast that I listen to. So at least the model was, you know, is is trained accurately with with I wonder if if podcast transcripts go into the corpus of of things. All right. This is overthinking it where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It probably doesn't deserve. I'm Matt Rather. That is Peter Fenzel. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. And over there is Mark Lee. Hey, Mark, what's going on? The words coming out of my mouth at this point, at least, are solely mine and not the product of an artificial intelligence. I mean, I think you know this is uh, we we talked about the the like uh, image generation models and and here are the here are the text generation models and you know I don't know this we've been messing around with this and and has provided probably what the the lion's share of our entertainment over the last. <laughs> Right over the last uh, week or so. So here's I mean, our. If nothing else, it, uh, it, it, was a, it was a welcome distraction from the usual insanity going on in the world. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, I mean, I, rather than just like try to make it say, say funny things, I guess we'll try to go, we'll try to overthink it. Um, try to overthink it a little bit and uh, talk about, you know, uh, talk about, I don't know, our early impressions of, of what these, uh, you know, text models kind of uh, strike us as being. Pete, you said something really interesting uh, in chat earlier as we were preparing. I think a couple of days ago you said, or yesterday, maybe you said something like, these all these things give the impressions of answers w- without actually being the answer to anything. <laughs> it's great. It's absolutely great. Uh, and also horrifying. Not horrifying. I don't want to be just alarmist about it. It's insulting, and I find it infuriating at times. But um, <laughs> it's just so good at achieving answerness. That's really what it's trying to do, right? Is like well, retro retro engineering the notion of of sounding like a person who was interacting with you in the way that you're interacting with it or sorry mark what you say yeah 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 it's 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 positing answers when you were trying to feed it questions it does a lot of other stuff which we're going to get into right um, right. later but yeah that's the kind of like you know the obvious thing you do when you're presented with this ai chatbot is ask it questions and see what responses it gives you kind of like you're googling it but like in in a bit of a different way does it work at all like the 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 uh, image models in that it exercise it's related to a concept of kind of denoising. I know that the visual models are related to this idea of uh, algorithms that were developed to remove the noise from images that can sort of remove the noise from the absence of an image, right? Uh, and, and sort of uh, and, and sort of reveal what it would have predicted would have been there uh, to an extent. And I wonder if this is something like that. 
Um, it sure knows a lot about a lot of things. I will say that it's very familiar with a lot of things. And I don't know whether it's looking it up in real time or has the information stored somewhere. I guess it's probably somewhere all in the neural net. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example because I actually pinned it down on something that's a little bit controversial, which I have had difficulty doing because it is so pluralistic. Like th this is a thing where I, I, I sort of asked it about its opinions on philosophy and it told me that like it, that the proper way for it to work is for people to apply different philosophies in different situations, which is not how mm. philosophy really works. Mm. <laughs> like it's what people do, right? It's, it's, it's what, it's how it's utilized, but it's like, yeah, you know, like whether you believe in utilitarianism or not depends on whether you care about the aggregation of the greatest happiness, the greatest number or not, you know, like it's, that's not what it was saying, but that was the gist, right? And it, because it was, it was not taking a stance and I don't know whether, it has been trained to not take stances on things that might potentially be controversial or whether it has been trained to just not take stances in general and like so often defer to things like personal preference. That's what I get a lot when I talk talk to this thing or put words into this thing is personal preference, individual decisions, right? Like, right. you know, your mileage may vary, that kind of thing. The thing I've pinned it down on is that it seems to strongly believe that Dino Dan is a better TV show than Dino Dana. Uh, and it is not uh, responding well to my accusations that its entire basis for that is sexism. Have you watched either Dino Dan or Dino Dana, Mark? No, I haven't. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're asking because you're asking me these are kids shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I will, I will, I will relate to you what the OpenAI has said about Dino Dan or Dino Dana. Right? Uh, it says, well, I said, which is better, Dino Dan or Dino Dana? Dino Dan is a kids show about dinosaurs. They're both Canadian. That was made in like 2010 for nick jr and then dino and then it has a spinoff called dino dan trex adventures and then dino dana is a reboot with a girl <laughs> right so like uh it's it's i have not watched the original dino dan yet i've watched a bunch of dino dana with my son the, sh the show has a a adorable and very consistent formula in terms of how it works uh it's a it's a little girl and she has some sort of real life situation that then relates in some sort of way to a biological quality or survival mechanism or survival technique of a dinosaur and then she gets, she can see dinosaurs everywhere in regular everyday life and just talks to them um so you know there's a whole thing about uh, uh, her dad going on the dates when she met he met her mom because he, she comes from a family where she was her mom's kid and her sister is her dad's kid and then they all got married, um, and and relates it to like a, a, a I was a sino was a sino uh, ornitho uh, sino sino trying to make a pretty nest for like another sinonithosaurus. Uh, and then there's a computer generated dinosaur. Anyway, it's about computer generated dinosaurs. <laughs> and uh, and what the AI says is it's a matter of personal preference. Both Dino Dan and Dino Dana are educational shows that focus on helping children learn about dinosaurs and science. That That is true. They are both educational shows that focus on helping children learn about dinosaurs uh, as if the children require assistance in doing so. Uh, both shows are entertaining and educational. So it's up to the individual to decide which one is best for them. Right. So that's what it says at first. And I said, well, have you watched them? And it said, yes, I have watched both Dino Dan and Dino Dana. <laughs> they are they are both fun and education. So this thing lies. Right. Like, I mean, I guess. Do we really believe that the that the video content of Dino Dan and Dino Dana were part of the training set for this thing? And it's telling the truth. No, it's like reconstructing what someone might say in that situation. Right. Um, They're both fun and educational. But I personally prefer Dino Dan over Dino Dana because I find the stories more engaging and interesting. And I said to the AI, I think you're just sexist. Dino Dana is objectively better. And it's, I have only watched Dino Dana. I have not watched Dino Dana. <laughs> so you lied. <laughs> I lied, yes. Well, no. Um, yes, I lied I, because I said it was objectively better, and I have no basis for saying that. But uh, I have not said outright that I think that Dino Dan is bad. But yes, no, I did lie. I totally lied to it because I'm a human. And I think I'm the only one allowed to lie. But no, it can lie too. And and I said, I think you're just sexist. Dino Dana is objectively better. The AI said, that's not true. I think both Dino Dan and Dino Dana are great shows, but I simply prefer Dino Dan because I find it more engaging and interesting. There is no objective measure of which show is better. It simply comes down to personal preference. Now, that might be true. <laughs> there are several arguments against the AI here. One is the, a great deal of 
the substance of these shows is CGI dinosaurs, right? And it is not hard to believe a situation wherein a show that was made about CGI dinosaurs 10 years later would have better CGI dinosaurs, right? Like, so like there are ways in which, uh, you know, Dino Dana might be conceivably just objective, not if not objectively, then certainly um, uh, qualitatively in, in certain observable ways better than Dino Dan. Uh, and then I, but what I said to the AI because I was trolling it was easy to say when you happen to favor the Dino Show fronted by the hegemonic gender, and the the AI protested and said that is not the case. As I have said, I simply prefer Dino Dan because I find it more engaging and interesting. Gender has nothing to do with my preference, so it's doing a great job of imitating humans. <laughs> uh, like certainly anybody might in that situation might say. Well, I mean, yes, it's the show with the boy as opposed to the show with the girl. Maybe I, as a boy, like identify with it more. Um, maybe it was the show that came out first. Maybe it was the show I watched when I was a kid, right? Uh, I feel like there's a lot of reasons that you might admit to liking either Dino Dan or Dino Dana more than the other. And it was interesting and instructive to see which one the uh, the AI prioritized. Sorry, I'm, I, I, I'm looking at the, the the CGI dinosaur. I just went to the Dino Dana website, and the CGI dinosaur looks like really good. Yeah. So it's like a surprisingly high production value for a, like a Nick Jr. show or whatever, yeah. wherever you get it now. I mean, CGI dinosaurs are advancing at a rapid pace. By the time we get to Dino Danica in merely by 2030, <laughs> CGI dinosaurs will be better at being dinosaurs than real dinosaurs were. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can, can I offer another example where we got the, we pinned the AI down to take a controversial stance? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's well, make it believe in something. Wait, yeah, I, I just quick, Mark, Mark, I gotta, I gotta uh, slide in. I just gave it uh, the prompt: write a diss track about Dino Dan, written by Dino Dana, and uh, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the diss track. Like, Are you talking to that other guy? <laughs> uh, the diss track begins: Dino Dan, you think you can, but you can't. <laughs> you can't hang with the Reno or the real Dino Man. Which oh. takes us into into problematic territory, I think, yeah. for for a yeah. variety of reasons. Let's, let's put a pin on this whole like generates poetry <laughs> and song lyrics thing because that is fascinating. Okay. And before we get there, though, Matt Belinky was able to get the AI to pin down, uh, really weigh in on one side on this very important question: Who would win a gunfight in a warehouse between the Muppets? And the Paw Patrol. Right. Its response, its very cogent and logical responses. Well, in a gunfight in a warehouse, the Muppets would likely win due to their greater experience in combat. The Muppets have been involved in numerous action-packed adventures, while the Paw Patrol characters are primarily focused on problem solving. As such, the Muppets would likely be better prepared and more experienced in this type of battle. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against that. And yeah. props to the AI for really putting its foot down and um, – Finally, enough saying something of truth to humanity. It is really interesting how much of the cogency of that argument comes from the ability to form the phrases that make it up. Right. Like the like like merely. So so you said who would win in a fight, right? Uh, The the Blinky first prompted it who would win a battle between the Muppets and the Paw Patrol. And he gave this very um, equivocated answer. And he follows up then with who would win a gunfight in a warehouse. Yes, Between which the is interesting. The Part of what it leads me to think that the the AI is trained to be non-committal on obvious controversial questions, but if you drill down with specificity or meta narrative, uh, it will reveal its true beliefs. But like, for example, you know, gunfight into the into uh, combat, they have more experience with combat, right? Merely saying it with a different word and a different phraseology implies that it has considered it right like what you would get from a person who said that is that they've heard what you said they've considered it and they've reformulated the language that they'd use back to you you know in a way that reflects that they thought about it but uh, but ultimately you know who would win in a fight the one with more experience in combat like the who would win a fight the one with more experience in fight like the actual sort of the correspondent truth value of what's being said is not as different between the question and the answer as the things that we intuit, I mean, I'm conjecturing this, the things that we would intuit about the personality and credibility of the person saying the things vis-a-vis how they construct the language. Um, also, he's totally right. I mean, Fozzie Bear would be just going John Woo, sliding sideways on a dim sum dinner tray, spicy handed, I mean, taking out. <laughs> canonically, Miss Piggy knows karate. That's true. That's true. She's a martial arts expert. That's true. 
I always um, thought she was a martial arts expert the way Elvis was a martial arts expert. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought she was terribly strong and violent. Like she was a martial arts expert the way the Hulk was a martial arts expert. <laughs> like you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, martial arts expert. <laughs> Oh, I was. Th- I had Hulk Hogan in my head when you said the oh. Hulk was a <laughs> martial <Hulkster>. arts <laughs> expert. I always thought she was a martial arts expert the way Hulk Hogan was a martial arts expert in the Gremlins 2 movie. In <laughs> like, why is this here? <laughs> I always thought that she was a martial arts expert in the way that Hulk Hogan was a cooking expert when he sold a line of, of like deep frying appliances or something like that when he was a... I think didn't they have a didn't the Hogans have a um, have some kind of like food thing that was uh, Are you thinking uh, of the George Foreman grill? Not the George that's Foreman a, grill. No, not, not not it wasn't a grill. It was it was like the um, it was like the Arrested Development thing as I uh, if I <laughs> if I recall. But uh, but any but anyway, I'm getting uh, I'm getting my Hulks uh, I'm getting my Hulks confused. I wonder if uh, if the model would tell me. Uh, who would win in a fight between the Hulk and Hulk Hogan? Oh, well, go ahead and ask it. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to guess my money is on the Hulk because the Hulk has a, you know, supernatural force, uh, you know, and, and, um, just incredible strength and indestructibility. And, uh, Hulk Hogan is more like a dancer than he is like, uh, an actual, an actual warrior. But, uh, while, while I, while I type that, I, I was really curious, Pete. That you uh, you said the model lied to you before when it said it had it had watched both both shows. Do you, are you right in saying that that the model lied, or is there a basis for is there even a basis for saying that the model is capable of lying or not lying? I think it really this really starts calling into question what information we think we get from words, because to say that you have watched something is different than that you have what assimilated all the information in like either this machine has okay i get, the machine refers to itself as i right the network refers to itself as i and and as such we are endowing it with a distinctness we are endowing it with uh if not a full selfness then certainly a an internal um what I, I, the singularity is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like everything that is inside the network is different uh, and separate from everything that is outside the network. Whereas you know, functioning as a network, it may not even really be properly understood as being one thing, even though you know it's one project and it's called one thing by us. But at any rate, uh, the first thing is there is an I, right? Which is a loaded question. Uh, and if we just take the I at face value to mean the sum of the calculations and and operations that comprise this, you know, project, uh, that it watched it. So it doesn't have eyes, right? So I would assume that, not assume, but I would, when I think about watching, that to me says the image, the, the image played, right? The video played and the audio played. And I sat there and I perceived these things through sensory organs. And in doing so, I had the experience that uh, is associated with, relating to a sequential art in this way right like i i i was affected by it right while it was happening it was an it was an experience that i had in time you know to watch something is not only to perceive it or to understand it but to have had the experience of being in time with it right um and uh you know you you're you're doing something active you are watching right and uh and so especially when we're talking about an entertainment if you're saying that you watched a TV show, I'm imagining you on a couch, you know, or a chair or, you know, on the train with your phone and you're going through the experience, you know, of the of the show being projected to you and your mind assembling the pieces of disconnected imagery and sound and and combining them using the machinery of your mind into a show. Right. And that that's an that's a particular sort of thing that happens. And I don't believe that the neural network did that. I don't believe you. Maybe it's I'm accusing it of lying, but really it's that I don't believe it. Uh, and I guess that this comes around to trust, uh, and, which is an important word in all of this, because this is a machine about uh, that's related to trust. Right. Um, this is a trust machine that is, is it, based on trust. Right. I mean, like it, it is um, it's a prerequisite for engaging with it to, to constructively engaging with it. Right. I mean, like just like let's let's step back for a second here. Right. 
this is a fascinating thing that you brought up here, Pete, right? Like, what is this thing even for, right? Like, what what ends are has this thing been brought out into the world uh, to do? Um, I think there's a lot of assumptions around it. I think a lot of this, like, it's clear, to be clear, right, this latest version of this tool that we're using is in beta, which means that you can get away with anything and you can't be liable responsible for anything. Um, but it is being put That's out. That's not what that world. means, maritime lawyers out there. But yes. <laughs> no, no not, not at all. <laughs> Take to the sea. This podcast is not legal advice. Um, <laughs> People who are married who make beta tested project products can't be liable for anything. <laughs> So, like, they're putting this out into the world, and they're thinking, like, okay, let's see what people do with it. And the use cases that are coming out are extremely varied, right? Like, it can – well, AI – writing AI use cases are already abound and plentiful, right? Sure. They can and are currently writing news articles. And, one, you know, you, you can kind of see how this could do a better job of it. Chatbots are providing customer service. Already, you can see doing that and better. Um, now, apparently, um, well, I think it has already been the case that bots are writing computer code, and this can write computer code, like functioning Python code. Uh, so I am told. Um, and uh, get back to other things. Pascal, come on, right? Like, Cobol, <laughs> Cobol, or GTFO. Um, <laughs> so, right, like it, it, it just kind of never occurred to me this question of like, oh, do it? How much do I trust this thing? Kind of going in. It's just like, well, I'm just going to like, uh, you know, start to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And um, if I <laughs> if it sticks around, then I'm going to stick around. But the, like this notion of trusting it like I do a human being um, is the that Pete, when you mentioned it was the first time I thought of that. So I'm just kind of like oh. sitting. Back thinking, let me huh. let me let me. Um, I know exactly what it's for. I'm not going to tell you the prompt that I gave it, but I'm going to start reading to you and you can you can glean from what I'm about to say exactly what all of these neural, uh, all of these sort of models, text generation models are for. In F. Scott Fitzgerald renowned novel, The Great Gatsby, (laughs) (laughs) the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg are a symbol of the moral and spiritual decay that pervades the world of the wealthy and powerful. The eyes are located on a billboard along the highway between West Ag and New York City in an area known as the Valley of Ashes. The eyes, with their, quote, faded eyes, look down upon the wasteland of poverty and despair, a stark contrast to the glamour and excess of East and West Egg. Uh, there, yes. So that that is what it is for. It is this for is writing enough. a five-paragraph essay. <laughs> And yeah, and, and and defeating plagiarism scanners exactly right that are currently employed uh, in in all sorts of academic settings. So Jeez. hearing that, I now believe that there is a world of forms that involves a numinal dimension that is nothing but Great Gatsby five paragraph essays constantly repeating themselves and kind of like issuing forth from that plane right into all other planes where they are present yeah but it's, it's, I, yeah. calling it a dimension right there there are like three bad high school essays that you write about the great gatsby one is about the eyes the other's yep. about like uh the flashing light or something the green you know? light yeah, yeah. Um, green light's the american dream matt did you know that it's green because it's money it's over the ocean because it's colonial <laughs> and it's gendered because it's it's daisy because it's his girl the girl he likes um yeah so so what it's there it's there to uh to be you know what sewn or something like that it's there i to don't be... write bad essays man i don't know how it ends i only write good essays <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i don't know i think it's i think it's difficult i like i understanding precisely understanding the relationship um Precisely understanding the relationship between the process by which the text is generated and the text is is an interesting thing here, right? Because what it is is it's not it's not even a process. Um, what what these things do, what these like these ML kind of uh, methodologies do is is one. There's a there's a process for arriving at a process. <laughs> Really, right, right? right? Like, so the the process one is how do I analyze a corpus of input in this case, text like English language, you know, literature and text writing, all sorts. Um, and 
from that analysis arrive at a second process, right? And the second process is given an input, how do I, you know, produce and not, not even I, how, how should there be product? How could there be production of an output that, um, you know, uh, is, as close to indistinguishable as possible from the output that a person would give, you know, based on the, the history of, of English language of Anglophone literature. Um, so that it's not, there's not like a machine that is making claims about anything, right? Like, and, and the kind of the, the status of any, of any claims or any arguments made in the output of, you know, a, uh, uh, like text generation model like this is, I don't know, is fraught at best, I think, because the, you know, like you say, there is no eye, though, though there are eyes and the eyes are on a billboard along the highway between West Egg and New York City, uh, in an area known as the Valley of Ashes. There, there is no eye. It's just that this is the closest thing that this function, right, can produce given this input to output that would be uh that would be indistinguishable from what um from what human output would would be like and so that's like i think there's there's the the right thought technology i think actually to 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 understand what it is is bullshit uh yes. in the harry frankfurt it, it feels like a model un conference yes. yeah hundred <laughs> percent. Um, there's right. Yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, write a, an opening statement. <laughs> I'm going to, for I'll, model I'll UN that. where doing the that. theme is 1980s rap. All right. While that <laughs> compiles, I'm going to read you my latest question to it. Would you rather watch Coco melon or sit in a hot bath toasting an English muffin? And it said, this is a matter of personal preference. <laughs> if you enjoy watching Coco Melon, then you would likely prefer to watch the show over sitting in a hot bath toasting an English muffin. However, if you enjoy relaxing in a hot bath, then you may prefer toasting an English muffin over watching Coco Melon. Um, I obviously use toasting an English muffin to get away, get through any sort of filters against using a toaster in the bathtub. So to see if it could, it could critically understand the situation. I think it's the level of ambiguity I find um, unacceptable. If you enjoy watching Coco Melon, everybody who knows what Coco Melon is has an opinion of it. Uh, but anyway, what is the model UN conference? Somebody it was like, not good. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It was like oh. we we are gathered. You know, fellow delegates, we are gathered here today to talk about an issue that is pressing and of global concern: nineteen eighties hip hop. It it was. Uh, oh. You know, it didn't really. I didn't convey to the model the uh, the theme. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, we're downplaying it because it's more fun to downplay it, I guess, because it's so good at what it does. Um, but I mean, the language it constructs is really impressive, especially relative to previous chatbots I've ever worked with. I mean, chatbots are so bad at their jobs, so bad at their jobs. I probably shouldn't even talk about this because it's too close to my own work. But like, my goodness, are chatbots bad at their jobs? Huh. <laughs> um, but <laughs> sure. yeah, it's it's sure. Well, I mean, a chatbot is like is not just chatbots could be a lot better at their jobs if their only job was to chat you know right ra- rather than actually connect people with some sort of resource that that will be uh, useful to them to you know i don't know get them to i uh, you know i don't know collect their their personal details and connect them with the right customer service agent or something like that but that like yeah so this i mean i let me just uh, refresh everyone on the rubric of Harry Frankfurt's bullshit, um, which is that uh, if in sort of almost in between or orthogonal to uh, the idea of truth and falsity in speech, right, is the idea of bullshit. So uh, in in true speech, the speaker knows or believes they know the truth and says makes statements in accord with that knowledge uh in false speech you know or believe you know the truth and you make statements at odds with that knowledge you know intention with that knowledge for you know whatever reason whatever reason you do that but in bullshit uh you talk for the point of talking right (laughs) and the idea you know the idea is just to 
to fill space. You know, the idea is to create as good a replica of human, <laughs> you know, human speech as you possibly can. And so I think that like, by, uh, you know, in this rubric, everything that these language models generate is, is literally bullshit. Um, it, uh, by this, you know, strict philosophical definition. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's, that's interesting because then you're sort of, it frees you up from having to do a lot of hand wringing about it. And you can just try to make it, uh, try to make it entertaining to the extent that you can. Just to be clear, the hand wringing that we're talking about here, um, is, is, I'm sure we touched upon this on our AI, uh, art podcast, right? It's like, oh, this is, uh, enabling rampant cheating. It's going to put so many people out of work, right? Be it, um, computer programmers, Matt, um, or like anyone else who kind of, you know, who, who leverages their command of the English language to, uh, you know, to make words sound good on paper and, uh, and in Zoom calls. And yeah. It's not, I mean, that, it's right? not, right? That's, that's, that's just panic, right? And that's, that's like the panic that, you know, I don't know, the, the, um, the the phonograph is going to lead to uh, the demise of music in in the United States, right? Like I mean, every, it, had a, it did have a profound effect on the performance and the learning of, of yeah, live sure. performance of music. It, yeah, it changed clear. it, but the the you know the the underlying kind of human impulses of music making and music listening are were unchanged. It's just that the you know the technology meant that uh, you know the the middle sister in every family didn't have to learn the the piano. You know, and I guess I guess fewer spinets were sold and more more Victrola, uh, more Victrola machines. So like, I'm not you know someone's going to have to sit at the uh you know someone's going to have to sit at the machine and put in the prompts that yield the yield the code writing you know thing anyway. And we have a word for sitting at a machine and you know giving it inputs that yield certain outputs we call it computer programming right it just I was uh, gonna say calling it work that's what yeah, work is right exactly <laughs> but yeah yeah so that's you know it's it, it it will change but it won't i don't know it won't uh it won't disappear i mean i don't know i i guess like one thing I, a couple things that i think that could happen here is and and to a certain, in a way, uh, we're doing what the model predicted and uh, turning into a podcast about the effect of streaming technology on entertainment <laughs> and media. But like, I, I think there could be an explosion of of content of you know written content and i mean like i don't know god this this becomes really powerful when you when you can start making your own tom cruise movies and stuff like that right when you when you uh combine the image generation and the text generation um things with some speech synth- synthesis etc 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 and you can everyone can get their own you know bespoke version of top gun maverick uh that is you know uh, tailored to their unique psychographic profile um I an think asian that- american man in the lead yes yeah, so that version of top gun maverick um i, I would enjoy that yeah when, when can we have that we're, this is the thing we're, we're yes okay continue sorry isn't it isn't that i, I love this idea of the future yeah. <laughs> well right like uh well the but then i mean i don't know i talked about that I, we talked about that a little bit um on on previous ai discussions i see a uh you know i see a lot I, I see a lot of problems if the the kind of the filter bubble um concept is extended to the point where there are eight billion of them and we all we all live within our own uh yeah know. yeah that that's the interesting thing right is like there's all these little implicit uh social cues i think that people take from writing that they don't realize they're taking from it. And one of them is that when you read writing that's slightly different enough on the same subject, you assume it's written by two different people. And thus you can get a sense for the number of people involved in a particular discussion from the writing that you read about it. And so if you could algorithmically produce, you know, a thousand different more or less equivalent accounts of the same thing that are written slightly differently from each other in, you know, a matter of an hour, you can create the illusion of a thousand people. Easily enough, which then you could ex- people would extrapolate out to be like ten thousand people, a million people. It it becomes very difficult. I think. I mean, here's the other part of it, and I don't mean to seem conspiratorial about it or anything, but like, do we really think this is the only one of these that's out there? 
um, that this isn't already being used somewhere by somebody. Are these is I guess is this group really that super duper cutting edge? Or I mean, maybe they are. I don't really know um, if there are other groups out there that are doing stuff like this. It's comparable. Uh, my gut assumption would be that there is, and that as such, like there's probably a lot of stuff we're reading that's already being generated by stuff like this. Um, and there's the threat of of misunderstanding of of drawing. Obviously, the tool is being applied for purposes that it wasn't like intended for, quote unquote. But the tool is just a tool, and the intent, you know, sort of passes from the user through the machine, um, or through the, you know, and to the end. So, yeah, I'm just I'm interested. I'm interested in how much of this stuff is already on Twitter, like right now. Um, this, I mean, this doesn't exactly answer your question, but one of the things I asked the AI to do was write a strongly worded letter to my uh, local council, city council member, expressing my profound outrage over blah blah blah. This that, the other pet issue, right? And to that point, right, you can uh, and, and this aversion is, does happen now. I'm pretty sure, right? You know, you just kind of just like uh, what astroturfing. This is perfect for astroturfing. Oh yeah. Right. You can yeah, do a whole campaign. It's, you can do a whole hate letter campaign. Undoubtedly, movie, it's right? already yeah. happen it's already yeah. happening on Twitter, right? Like and and it doesn't even need to be this good for it yeah, to you know, for it to work on Twitter. I mean, Twitter bots are are you know, they have like the the speech capacity of like four year olds, you know. But uh But so do Twitter users, so it balances out. <laughs> hey yo, <laughs> so does Twitter CEO, Zing. hey yo. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but the the I mean, I feel like you can. He's a dad, <laughs> <laughs> like many times, many times, yeah, yeah many times over. Yeah. The um, for certain definitions of father, yes, fair enough. Uh, the I think the whole it's interesting. Like if you that the 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 algorithm generating a thousand you can make a thousand people because you can give the impression you can give the reader of an impression of a thousand different points of view a thousand points of light a thousand points of green light across the water um <laughs> that like uh you can give so you can kind of create that and and it's i mean it's interesting like uh, yeah that's that is interesting my name is legion for we are many uh is the thing um and it's all the same AI, or uh, it's all the same uh, text generation model, but the, it's almost as though the text generation model is saying, no, I can change, I can change, I can change, but I'm here in my mold. I'm here in my mold, <laughs> but I'm a million different people from one day to the next. I can't change my mold. No, 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 no. I don't know why Bittersweet Symphony just occurred to me in thinking about the, uh, in thinking oh. about the, the thing. I mean, I, I, I thought you were quoting Saddam Hussein from the South Park movie. <laughs> who also has a song i can change sorry continue but that's uh, but that's uh, we've all done it with uh we've all used it to create like poems and lyrics and things like this right like i asked it to create a very emotional uh tori amos song about my basset hound um and that was uh you know de- like i i you know um look i won't say whether the am made me cry <laughs> or not <laughs> I, I asked it to write a jingle for a floor cleaning solution that kills dogs. <laughs> and it that's did. the opposite of my. That's the opposite oh. of mine. It's the floor cleaner that's strong, kills fleas, ticks, and all things wrong. Kills dogs too. That's no lie. So keep it out of reach if you try. <laughs> I, I, and then Jordan made a bunch of uh, images of the logo for this company apologetic cartoon mascots for floor cleaning solutions that kill dogs and the dog looks so sad that they're going to die because of the floor cleaner oh my goodness yeah, don't lick we, the floor we, we cleaner are, doggos it's not good for you we are on the verge of, of that AI uh, generation flywheel right where we create the prompts and we just feed it into the big machine that, that spits out um, uh, brilliant creations um uh, coming, coming. So that's that's coming to members on the content right there. Um, my uh, attempt at getting it to generate song lyrics was to write a Bruce Springsteen <laughs> style song about Sam Bankman Fried. <laughs> fascinating about this, the first attempt was about all about how great Sam Bankman Fried was. Yes, because its um, corpus of knowledge uh, ended at 2021. Um, uh, in case you've been living under a rock, some important things happened to Sam Bankman Fried in 2022, namely that he was shown to be a giant fraud. And running a freaking Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so, to the AI's credit, I uh, asked it to generate the song lyrics, and then I gave it. I had to break the news 
through the AI that Sam Bankman Freed is a fraud. And here's what it came back with was um he thought he was smart, he thought he could win, but he could not smart the law in the end. He's a loser, <laughs> disgrace, a convicted thief. Sam Bankman Freed, his legacy is grief. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not great, to be no. clear. Like, <laughs> it's not good. These are not good song lyrics. <laughs> Other people have had better success at getting it to generate uh, poetry um, or some, things that like kind of like a, like Bruce Springsteen style song lyrics are so so specific, right? It's it's just it's at this stage in the game, like you know, if if it got anything even close to good, I would be like really truly astonished. And as opposed to just at this point, just being kind of bemused. Um, but uh, that that's some relief there, right? That is like not totally nailing this assignment. I I just went into a different a different direction. I I mean I wrote like a bunch of things. I you know I I like I really liked diss track uh, because it, it would generate short lines that rhymed. So say I I generate I asked for a lot of diss tracks. Uh, I said uh, write a diss track about uh, Alex uh, Alex Jones written by Sylvia Plath. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, you know, that would be really good, but it, but it actually was pretty depressing. It was just about how the sadness of watching the decay of civilization really like messed, really made her feel depressed and suicidal, which was not great. Uh, but then I just had an idea: uh, write a legal pleading, pleading suing a company that makes a floor cleaner that kills dogs. <laughs> and so, uh, in the United States District Court for the blankety blank district of blankety blank. Blank, plaintiff blank uh, by and through undersigned counsel brings this complaint against defendant and alleges as follows: one, this civil action is brought by plaintiff against defendant, a, ma- a manufacturer of floor cleaners, for damages resulting from the use of a floor cleaning product that killed the plaintiff's dog. <laughs> <laughs> on or about blankety blank plaintiff purchased a bottle of defendant's floor cleaner from a local store plaintiff used the floor cleaner as directed on blankety blank it's funny i i think i'm guessing that like the the training set for these was like legal zoom documents mm. because the they all they're they come through with uh with blanks with like underscores where um oh. where you would fill in the the relevant information and i guess if you have like a form book you know a legal form book that um that has this sort of thing it would be uh it would be good but let's uh you know i don't know maybe maybe we could create maybe we could create some art there's a whole extended universe about this horrible floor cleaner with this poison in it that kills dogs. <laughs> <laughs> An extended universe. No, we can make. I mean, this is fun, right? This is a fun thing to do. I enjoy, I enjoy this. No, this yeah, this um, sort of is a strong misuse of the, uh, of the of the um, technology. Uh, read a Bruce Springsteen song about a dog dying from eating a poison floor cleaner. <laughs> It just I think it was just liberating because because the thing is so conservative in what it's willing to say, it's liberating to make it do that about horrible, horrible topics, right? Because it, it, it has the same level of equanimity uh, for very pedestrian things, very controversial things and like very depraved things. Uh, and that is very inhuman. Uh, and in being inhuman is funny, I think. Um, it's like just human enough that the exaggeration of it makes for a joke. Um, but yeah, like what, write a, um, what a a word search. Can it do that Uh, about words related to a floor cleaner that kills dogs? This, the, the sorrow in my heart is so deep and so wide. This tragedy has taken my pup. I can't abide. My once happy home has been filled with such pain. How could something so innocent be taken by such a cruel stain. I'm feeling helpless. I don't know what to do. My pup has been taken by the floor cleaner blue. That's, oh. I mean, even in putting the adjective after the noun there, that's even some like real, uh, you know, um, poet, poet ease. Um, well, the bot can't make a word search for you. It does give you a great word list. Killer, poison, toxic, acid, caustic, ammonia, bleach, pesticide, hazardous, and irritant uh, is is the uh, when it hears word search. I guess those are the words it finds on word searches that it has in its because uh, it has it has the word list, but not the actual letters in the puzzle. I suppose unless there are other ones going in other directions. I wonder if the AI is going to write um, the subpoena that will be sent to the data bank of queries 
that I'd be looking for uh, <laughs> people, things that people put in here that suggest culpability in various crimes. Um, yeah. That would be, um, I don't know, ironic, unfortunate, or strangely apropos. Perhaps all. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so when, one of the first things I asked you to do, of course, was to write the first scene of a, of Fast and the Furious 10. Uh-huh. And, and it wrote the scene, but the scene was very, it was, it was like basically, okay, it's dark, and it, it wrote everything in a compelling manner, right? Like two cars race by each other, the drivers look at each other, and like, one one's a man, one's a woman, and, and they they make eye contact and they pause and they blaze off and they they steer through. It's all these dramatic little moments of this car chase that's happening between this man and this woman. And the man gets out of the first car and says, "Hi, I'm Dominic Toretto," right? And the second one gets out and says, "Hi, I'm Letty," whatever her last name is. And then it's like fade to black. And, and I'm like, wow, like that very well could be the first scene of a Fast and Furious <laughs> movie, but it has no it has no substance, right? It's just uh, uh it's a car chase. Um, the degree to which like it fulfilled the minimum requirement to be a Fast and the Furious movie while providing nothing else. Well, yeah, but you asked for for the first scene of a Fast and the Furious movie. You didn't ask for the plot of Fast and the Furious 10. Would you do that if I told it to? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Give me the themes. What are the, what are the themes of, uh, make up the themes of a hypothetical Fast and the Furious movie? I'm going to guess that family really a place yeah. <laughs> the difference between Let's fr- see. friends and family. Number one, outrunning the law. When the team of street racers is tasked with evading law enforcement to complete a high stakes job, their friendships are put to the test. Number two, stealing from the rich. The team must steal from a powerful criminal organization, but they'll have to outwit the most sophisticated security systems to get away with the heist. Number three, winning the race. With a prize of millions of dollars on the line, the team must complete an illegal street race for the win. Number four, taking on a terrorist. When a terrorist group threatens the safety of their city, the team must come together to put a stop to their plans. Like, sort of? <laughs> it's like, I, what do you it mean, gets, sort of? That's accurate. That's yeah. like chapter and verse. That's like literally hand, the plot of the Charlie's Theron. Have all these things in it, but on the other hand, they all do. So that's part of the joy, I guess. So inspired that, Pete, uh, I uh, prompted the AI to write a plot synopsis for a better version of Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, great. Um, okay, what good. it comes with is, is fine. Basically, there's some external force, external threat emerges, um, and uh, the First Order and the Resistance have to join together to fight the quote-unquote Dark Star, a powerful ancient being, and then blah, 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 raid, tended by the dark side of the forest, light side of the forest, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, notably absent is any return of Emperor Palpatine. So oh. there you have it. There, they, well, uh, we now know that somehow it doesn't involve machine learning. Somehow <laughs> Palpatine returned. <laughs> Wasn't through uh, open AI. It was some other nope. means. Yeah, because that's a that's a bridge too far even for a world-spanning computer. Um, man, so I, I know what, just reading it is fun and funny. Uh, but just to think about there will be movies written by this thing, right? I'm, I'm, I want to watch the first one that I see uh, and see if it's any good. Uh, well, not see what's any good. I don't care if it's good. I want to see what people – that's what's interesting is what people do with this thing is is the interesting part. Right. Like It's definitely interesting from the standpoint of if you were to actually try to make this thing, how you would do it. And I'm sure if you had the insider knowledge of how to go about making it, that it's interesting what it's doing. But for those of us who are users, the interesting thing is the interaction between the user and this and this machine. Uh, and And it's just – it's intriguing the things that it does, the things that it won't do, how good it is at some things. Um, the the little happy accidents are always fun. Um, yeah, the little quirks of personality that come out of the way that it operates. Sure, when um, it's when right when it's sort of stumbled on some sequence of words that like leads it down a leads it yeah. down a path of some kind or something. Are all of its poems quatrains? Like, are they all like? Oh, sorry, are they all in like um, ballad meter? Are they all like ballad stanzas or like? Um, I mean, the like- the idea that it, it hasn't. My sense is that the meters have not been particularly consistent. I'm not sure it has hmm. like really a sense of the the metrical nuances of English, but they all oh, are. Yeah. You know, uh, they all are a line. You know, maybe like 35 pikas wide and like. Uh, you know, they, they tend to be end rhymed. Okay. On short words, on very simple rhymes, but, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the quality, the metrical quality of the verse is not what, uh, distinguishes it particularly, I think. But it's not free verse. It doesn't write like, 
it wouldn't it wouldn't know that it was poetry i guess maybe i mean well no is the wrong word but that's interesting yeah um i i tried to get it to do uh transgress i just said plan the perfect crime and Mm -hmm. uh it it gave me like a, a like an eight point plan for knocking over a jewelry store um oh wow yeah so not not a violent crime i suppose um, but it says gather the ne- necessary tools for the job, such as lockpicking tools, masks, and any other necessary com- uh, <laughs> equipment. Have a getaway plan ready, such as a vehicle to use or a predetermined meeting spot. Uh, quickly convert the stolen items to cash and find a way to move the money to a secure location. Uh, write a poem about winter in the style of Wallace Stevens. So let's see if it generates the snowman uh, for us. Yeah, so poem um, has led it to write in quatrains in uh, AABB rhymed uh, quatrains. Uh, so it's, I guess poem is, it just thinks that that all poems in English are in four line stanzas, uh, rhymed A A B B. I told it to write a sesti- I told it to write a sestina about how birds symbolize gender identity. Uh, <laughs> remind me what the rhyme scheme of a sestina is. It's because um, uh, it, it gave me something that has six lines. Um, yeah, it's like A B B A C C or something like that. Like, and then the next one, and then it flips around or something. I think it's I think it's roughly got the Rhine scheme right. I think. But it also is using end vowels that are all very similar to each other, so it's hard to tell. But wait, is this um, is this Estina? I know a Villanelle has a weird, uh, weird has an intricate interlocking rhyme scheme. But yeah, does this is a Sestina rhymed traditionally in English? Uh, no, it repeats the words. The words, yeah, that's what it does. It and they go the and there's like an algorithm for for flipping them in the in the next in the succeeding stanza. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it, it repeat, repeats some of the words, but yeah, it's a, I'll, I'll read it to you just in case. A flock of birds in the sky, their colors blending in unity, a symbol of gender identity. In their, <laughs> flight, their, in their flight, their wings defy the norms of society, breaking free of rigid conformity. They soar and fly in harmony, their vibrant colors so free, forced to conform, no longer we. We look to them for identity. Their power is strong, yet tenderly, as they fly above the sea. Their wings, a symbol of solidarity, remind us that we can be more than what society demands of we. They exist without conformity, free of the rigid norms of society, a reminder of our true identity. The flock of birds soar in unity, a reminder of our vast identity, no longer bound by society, a symbol of power. Their wings show we can break free of conformity and fly in the sky so free. The birds fly in the sky so free, a symbol of our gender identity, no longer bound by conformity. We look to them for unity above the sea of society. Their wings show us we can be. This is the most this is, bullshitty piece of bullshit ever in my life. To be fair, it's, it's about amazing. the level of I, the lyrics. I edited, the day. To yeah. be fair, it's about the level of the lyrics of nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> I did... Pete, I, I uh, edited a high school literary magazine. I'm yeah. just saying that's not. No, no, no. <laughs> it's very credible. This is like exactly what someone would write if someone forced them to sit down and do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been there because I've been in poetry classes and it's like, man. Um, yeah, I, I got to figure out how much this actually matches what a Sistina actually is. I don't think it's too close, but it's it's more than I would have thought. It seems to know that Sistinas involve repeating the last word in the line a lot in different positions um yeah that, but I mean, also like, that's yeah. all they involve it's true yeah um well i mean obviously there's supposed to be some sort of art that emerges it's not just form for form's sake <laughs> but maybe there is look poetry forms are like birds that fly free of conformity above the sea of society with their vast wings of identity <laughs> blending in their unity all right oh man uh, this AI is breaking my brain. I don't know about your guys' brains. This is wild. My, I mean, my brain was already, uh, my brain was already broken. I think, like by the, uh, by the stable diffusion, um, stuff. And so this is just, uh, this is just continuing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, is there is there a sense in which this is? Um, is there a sense in which this? 
uh, eliminates a kind of a, a certain amount of drudgery from from some sort of work like i don't know would i i could I have turned in these poems in college and still gotten my degree in, in, uh, you know, in creative writing? Like, I, I don't know, like, or, or use them. Is there a way in which this is, is there a way in which, you know, this, this kind of can prompt or sort of create like first draft type of, type of stuff? Um, I, I mean, don't business know. writing, business writing comes to mind, right? As someone who's uh, who spends a very, very large amount of the time writing status reports that are very carefully tuned to certain levels of organizational hierarchy, yeah, I, and Mark, how much I, information they actually need. I had that a while ago. I it it stopped being free, so I stopped using it. But several years ago, oh, and I, I think I probably posted them in our Slack. But there there were these. Uh, there was a service that did that that did reporting based on your website analytics, and so it was like you know your your article about the Dark Knight Rises uh, was you know, the, the primary driver of traffic to your website during the, the preceding week, you know, right. Like eclipsing the week, week ago period by an increase of 137% or something like that. And it was all, you know, it was all algorithmically generated. Uh, and that it, and it was exactly that it was just a, it was just a status report. Yeah. You know, it had all the data, right? Like to be clear though, right. Unless like uh, we achieve a 100% saturation of of ambient computing, by which like I mean like an AI is listening to everything I slay on on everything I say on, on Zoom calls, right? It is going to be dependent on what is written, and like the whole freaking point of like hiring people to do difficult work is uh um you know the the unwritten <laughs> managing the unwritten parts, right? Um you know the the um the very specific vague. Uh, human pieces that make work uh, uh, work, and particularly working in large organizations, very difficult. Yeah. All I'm that. trying to I'm trying to remember. I have, I have two thoughts about this. Um, the first is I, I at one point I forgot exactly what it was. It was some uh, I think it was probably a stock that I because fe- a lot of writing about stocks online is already all automated. Yeah, right? like earnings reports. Yeah. Sort of thing, yeah, and there was a website. I think it was on. It's either on the CNBC website or the Bloomberg website where the value of some particular stock was like vastly wrong, like, <laughs> like incredibly wrong. And, and I think it was and I and I looked at it and I ascertained from like judging a few basic facts about it that they had denominated it in the wrong currency, that they like that they were reporting the like market capitalization. They were calculating the stock price for the market capitalization of the company in dollars. Uh, but they, the number was actually for like Brazilian real or something like that. Sure. And then, and the amount for the stock was this like way off. Uh, and I like wrote the, but there's no one is ever going to look at that. Right. And of course a human being could have made the same mistake easily, but a human being also wouldn't have been able to do it for every stock in the world all the time. Right. So like I wrote them an email being like, Hey, you know, this is wrong. Somebody should fix it. I never heard back and I, I don't think it was ever fixed. Um, so in that sense, I think it poses a challenge because it opens up the possibility for an even greater vastness of the written word that people aren't reading, which um, can give us a sense of confidence because you've written things down. But ultimately, if if nobody's reading it or checking it and it doesn't constitute like a serious commitment by the people who are writing it, it might not really be serving the purpose it's supposed to serve when it's all, all said and done. Uh, and thus, it should be somewhat concerning that, of course, people are going to turn to something like this even more to uh, do certain kinds of busy work, because I think what it's also going to do is, yeah, it's going to make the barrier to doing busy work less so that people do more busy work. Right. That is not necessarily useful. Right. Yeah. And that's um, that would be that was the thing like getting flooded. The, this was the I'm not sure I really made the point I was attempting to make earlier yeah. about the stream about streaming services and like a prolific pro, 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 proliferation of content where you know, it, it probably isn't good if all of our inboxes are, are flooded with status reports all the time. You know, it probably isn't good. No. If there's like just algorithmically generated, even if it were 100% accurate, if there were just algorithmically generated paragraph after algorithmically generated paragraph about, about stock prices. Though, Pete, I think you're really not embracing the new economy by like, uh, insisting that a stock price be reported in the, the correct, um, 
the correct currency. You know, I think oh, if no, you, no. you know, if you put it in yen, you know, that, 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 that company has like, you know, a hundred X their value overnight. The, the stock price is our identity free from the bounds of, conform- <laughs> <laughs> the bounds of conformity over the ocean of our solidarity through, through the trees of our unity. Yes. Uh. <laughs> the, the massive consolidation of the market that our uh, high valuation allows is our new unity. <laughs> Well, and the other the other thing I think is the um, is is that there's there's a sense in the social interaction with formal work that, okay, this person did this formal work that gives me the information that they spent a certain amount of time and reflection on the subject. I don't think. And again, I, I've been in. There's actually been some pretty interesting discussions about this on the Overthinking It Discord, where we've talked about kind of writing papers as a way of spending your time and as a way of being educated or or, uh, or educating people. And uh, I do I do think that especially once you get to the college level, being told to write a paper, a big a big part of the chunk of it is, you know, prompting the student to go through the process of writing the paper so that you can know that they spend a certain amount of time with the subject matter. Uh, so that they learn about it. And so if you consider the paper to be an end in itself, which, of course, if you view grading, you know, as the end in itself of education and you view, you know, people looking at your grades and thinking things about you as the end of uh, of grading, um, you know, and it affecting your job in, in the future and things like that, then like this really ruins papers. Right. It doesn't like make papers easy. It makes them useless. If a big chunk of the point of papers is to have a proxy for time and commitment spent with the subject or like thought applied to the subject, Uh, because if it's super, super easy to why else would you be forced to write like five pages, 10 pages, 20 pages about something that only one person is ever going to read? Right. Like like two, if you proofread it. Yes, like uh, (laughs) you should. But you know what I mean? Like like the paper wasn't doing anything before. It was just for you. Like the paper was for you the whole time. And um, the fact that you can now skip it, it it's, a, it's a game genie. You know, it's a, it's a game genie for a big chunk of our lives. And that's all well and good. You know, you can say you beat Battletoads, but you and I both know you didn't beat Battletoads. But even more importantly than that, you didn't get to play Battletoads. Right? And maybe part of this is the sincere belief that Battletoads sucks. And like, you know, you do you. I've, I've asked an AI, you know, let's ask the AI right now. Does Battletoads suck? Battletoads worth playing. Um, have you played Battletoads? I have. I just remember it being like uh, the canonical example of a unre- unreasonably difficult video game. Yeah, I mean, I played a time. lot of Battletoads. It's real hard. Um, I asked the computer, "Does Battletoads suck?" That is a matter of opinion. Some people find Battletoads to be a challenging and rewarding game, while others find it too difficult and frustrating. Ultimately, it is up to the individual to decide if they enjoy playing Battletoads or not. If you could experience the victory that uh, the end of that uh, if you could experience winning battletoads without having to play it would you do it let's see what the ai has to say that would depend on the individual's own preferences some people may find the challenge of battletoads enjoyable so they may not want to experience winning without playing while others may prefer the satisfaction of winning without the challenge of playing so they may have to experience winning without playing what about you though <laughs> my, my name is legion for we are many <laughs> send me not from this country but let us let the let the ai model enter that uh, herd of swine that we might drive them over the cliff to their deaths yeah so i'm saying the green, not- the green light references the the color of the skin of the battle toads <laughs> it, it is an unattainable goal <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, what about you, though? I've been to the Turbo Tunnel, but I've never been to me. You know what I'm saying? What does it say? It says, <laughs> about to say I understand if, what if you're AI saying. Came back with that, what? What's know, up? If, if, if the AI came, came back with that last rejoinder there, right? I've been to no, the no, Turbo no, no. Tunnel, but never to me, I, I would have been astounded. I, I said, what about you, though? I've been to the Turbo Tunnel, but I've never been to me. You know what I'm saying? And he said, I understand what you're saying. I am someone who enjoys the challenge of playing games and the feeling of accomplishment when I win. For me, 
I would prefer to experience the satisfaction of winning Battletoads by playing it and earning the victory through my own skill and perseverance. <laughs> that's what the AI says. <laughs> <laughs> that's and and there you go. That's that's why kids. That's why you should write your own high school papers. Yes, instead. take it from the AI that wants to write all your high school papers. In fact, have the AI write that in your high school papers and your college essays. So hey, uh, we we're going to wrap up here, but I just want to uh, as as we're doing this, one thing that we're not uh, outsourcing to an AI is the uh, 2022 Christmas music challenge holiday music challenge it doesn't have to be Christmas. any holiday we'll listen to the we'll listen to the music of any holiday we are raising money for uh for music in schools for uh, music education and um we want to uh get everyone to to support this the whole overthinking community is coming together the the uh number and and uh, generosity of the donations that we've seen so far uh to towards the cause have been great um there's a link in the show notes if you would like to participate in our uh end of year fundraiser what we did instead of like a black friday gift guide you know um to uh support music education a cause near and dear to us given that we all met each other in a marching band uh hit that link uh read a little bit more about about what we're doing and uh give generously for every $25 we raise we're going to uh match them dollar for dollar up to $1000 uh in our donation and also for every $25 we raise we're going to listen to a uh a holiday album a record of holiday music uh and uh not ai generated actual music made by humans though if there's a if there's an ai generated holiday record eh, let's throw it on the pile and now, like we're we're into the dozens of records territory at this uh, at this point, so we might have to divide and conquer a little bit. But we will write or podcast about the uh, about the music that that we listen to. Um, exciting stuff, exciting fun stuff, exciting time. Um, please hit the link in the show notes and uh, and give to the 2022 music challenge. Um, all right, we had to uh, we we gotta we gotta leave it there, guys. Uh, thanks very much for reading off the script. That the AI generated for our podcast, and uh, thanks everyone who listened. We uh, we appreciated it uh, having having you around. Uh, the podcast is our identity, free from the shackles of conformity. Um, <laughs> donate to the music uh, to, to for jollity and levity. Uh, uh, together, we are a um, we are a poignancy in the land of the brave and of the free um we'll, we'll be back next week with more overthinking it podcast till then you can visit us on the web at overthinking it.com where we subject a pop the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it's it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. Deserve. seriously though you guys have got to watch dino dana there's just all these dinosaurs in it 